There's a little boy, and he writes Santa a letter. And in the letter, he says this. He says, Dear Santa, there's three little boys that live in my house. There's Jeffrey, he's two. There's David, he's four. There's Norman, he's seven. Then he says, Jeffrey is good some of the time. David is good most of the time. And Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. That was funny. I don't care what you think. (laughs) And so the Christmas story is what we're going to talk about. I'm excited to tell you this Christmas story. And so Christmas story is this, is 2,000 years ago, God came in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, became a human being. Deity then was clothed in humanity. And a child was born that was unlike any other child that had ever been born or would be born. And so Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, entered into our planet here. And there's three people I want to talk about tonight that had encounters with the Almighty, with, with Christ. Or, and so, uh, and my hope is this, my hope is this, is because, you know, we, we do Christmas every year and you kind of, sometimes you kind of go through the motions and you kind of go through the drill and you kind of just do it and kind of experience commercial and all the commercial side of Christmas there. And I really believe that there could be more to it than that. Even if you're like a church person, I think there could be more to it than that. And so I want to talk about some insights that people had that encountered, that experienced Christ at Christmas here. And so the first one that I want to talk about is Mary. I want to talk about Mary. And so, uh, and this is how the Christmas story begins. The angel of the Lord comes to the virgin Mary to tell her this. Hey, Mary, like, you're going to have a baby. And she's a virgin, and she's like, I don't think so. That is biologically, scientifically, logically, that, that's not possible here. So Mary, you know, like, she goes all logical, thinking in her, she's all in her head about it. And so she's processing this astonishing truth here now, and she asks this practical question, and she says this. How, watch, how can this be seen that I'm a virgin? Like, how do you connect those dots? Like the last time I checked, people that are virgin don't have very many kids. And so and she's saying, like, God, here's the facts. Here's the facts. I am, I am a virgin. And so she's shaken to the core of her being, absolutely shaken at this immense, uh, incomprehensible statement that she's going to have the Messiah here. So here's Mary. Mary's just like 13, 14, 15 years old. And so she's a peasant. She's walking dirt roads. She's uh, poor. She's uneducated. Uh, She's a nobody from nowhere. And she's living in a boring hick town called Nazareth. So she says, look, I'm a virgin here. There's no man that's been on the scene. There's no human father. Logically, biologically, scientifically, this is not happening. And so, and I don't know about you, but have you ever thought that uh, as you're going through life, that maybe God has something for you to do? And you respond like Mary in that you say, I am, for her, it was a virgin, but for you, fill in the blank. I am too young. I'm too old. I'm unqualified. I'm uneducated. I'm ill-equipped. I'm incapable. Whatever it is, and you know it's God, and God stirs it, makes it real to you that you're, oh, no, God, but, but I am. And that's what she did here. 
But I want us to see this, that God always makes a way for his will but when it is his will. And so the angel Gabriel came and said, we're going to show you how this is going to happen. And so the divine game plan, the divine strategy here is unveiled. We can re- I want us to read this together, okay? Are you ready? Can we read together? Can I count on this side of the room to read together? I wonder if I could also count on this side. Can I count on the tent? No, no, there's no free rides in the tent. You ready? Okay, so let's read together on the count of three. One, two, three. The Holy Spirit. Well done. So that's the game plan. Mary, you don't think it can be done? Here's how it's going to be done. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. In other words, it's going to, it's going to surround you. It's going to envelop you. It's going to encompass you, God's power. God's going to make this thing happen, and that God's going to create life out of nothing, a divine creative miracle, just like in the original time when God spoke the the, the world into existence, and there was the Holy Spirit, a part of that, as part of an agent of creation, and now again would be an agent of creation, this time in Mary's womb. And so, and then the angel is going to tell her, here's why you can believe. You don't believe, you, it doesn't fit your biology, it doesn't fit science, it doesn't fit your logic, it doesn't fit your thinking. Here's how you can believe this. It's because of this, watch, look at this. Nothing is impossible with God. How many people need to know this moving forward in 2023 that nothing is impossible? You look at your situation and you need to hear these words because we don't know what's going to happen in 2023, but you need to hang on to this truth that nothing is impossible with God. Because Here's what I know is true and here's what I know is true from the story. Because when God wants to do something, watch, he transcends biology. He transcends science. He transcends your thinking and logic and your reality. He transcended Mary's reality because the Holy Spirit worked and nothing is impossible with God. So here's what she concludes then. If you want to look at the screen, I am the Lord's servant, watch. May everything you've said about me come true. I love that. No longer, watch, no longer she's saying, I am a virgin. Now she's saying, I'm the Lord's servant. So I hope if we don't get anything out of this except that, that you could go away with that, that in your life, when you say, I am fill in the blank, all the reasons why, God, I can't do what you'd have me to do, you would be transitioned to, I am to, I am the Lord's servant. And so Mary's, now check this out. Mary here, if anybody could have thought they were special, it was Mary, right? I mean, she's going to have the Messiah spoken of, since Isaiah prophesied it 700 years ago. And she doesn't say, do you, you know who I am? She says, I am the Lord's servant. There's something, there's something very beautiful about that, how she's so surrendered uh, to, to the incredible unfolding of God's purpose. And so she says, "Good God, anything you want for my life, that's what I want for my life. I'll go anywhere or I'll do anything. And so God, go ahead, God. You just rewrite my story. I had my own story I was writing at Nazareth High School, but now you, Almighty, you, you, you write my story. And so whatever you want for my life, I'm going to trust you, and that's what I want to do. I'm your servant. God, count me in. I'm saying yes, and I'm bringing no requirements with my yes. And so here's Mary. She's a model of surrender, a model of what our lives do, which we, you would want them to be. 
a model of submitting your life to God. And so now question, I just want to ask a question. Got a couple questions I want to ask, and since I have the mic, I can do that. But I want to ask you a question. What if, what if God was going to make something real to you that you were to do? And it was an undeniable reality. This is what God would wanted you to do. Would you be willing to let God rewrite your story? Or would you be like Mary, like Mary when she's, oh, but, but I am, and fill in all the reasons why you would say no? Or would you be like Mary 2.0 and say, I am the Lord's servant. Lord, however you want to write my story, that's the story that I want for my life. And so, again, we, as we enter the new year, I want us to be encouraged with this. I want us to be encouraged with nothing is impossible with God. Then you carry that into the new year. And, the, and the, what we recognize is this from Mary's life, and this is my last point. My last point is this, is that God is greater. Just fill in your blank, whatever it is. But God is greater than that. Any challenge, any issue, any circumstance, any situation, any relationship, anything you face, God is greater because that's who he is. The second people group I want to talk to you about is the shepherds. The shepherds in the Christmas story. Now, I got to tell you about shepherds that that's as low as you can go. There's no lower place you can go in culture than that. It is unpopular. It is insignificant. It's the lowest profession. And so if you're a shepherd, you're uneducated. You're uncouth. You're, you're socially inept. You're unskilled. You have no skills if you're a shepherd. It's like if you're the least likely to succeed in high school, go be a shepherd. Your, your dad would not be proud of you, but go, go be a shepherd here. And so they rarely showered. You get the idea. They're, they're the least of the least and the last people that you would ever want to give. If you're God, if you're doing like a PR deal and uh, you want to pick someone to proclaim the greatest message, the greatest news ever heard, like the last people you would go to were shepherds here. If you're going to design some campaign and you want to look for the movers and shakers and the influencers and the important people to tell the story, the last people you would ever go to are these people right here. But I tell you, it's just insightful to who God is. God goes to the people that no one else would go to. And I wonder if there's just a little bit of a message there and that, uh, and that God is, 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 is saying subtly here that there's no one that's unwelcome, that God's doors are open to anyone, that are flung open to even the shepherds, the lowest of the low here, to the afflicted, to the brokenhearted, to those who have a broken story, to those who need a second chance. God comes to the shepherds. And what, what happens here? So as the angel of the Lord, you look at the screen here, the angel of the Lord okay, appeared to them. And imagine how freaked out they were. It's, they're just in the dark in the fields there. And uh, when we go to Israel, we'll see the very place this happened. And they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. Because what? They were what? They were afraid, right? Let me try this side. They were afraid. Good. I want to see if this side can outdo you. They were afraid. Better yet. Okay, you'll get another chance. And so, but they get the full angelic treatment. They get the whole enchilada. They get the deluxe angelic package. They get it all here. And so, uh, but I just want to say this is that God knows your frame. God knows your story. God knows your life right now. God knows the, the fears that, <coughs> that you have here. God knows that for many people, Christmas is so hard. God knows the, the things that's stirring in your heart, the things that wake you up at night, the things that keep you up at night. And so I just want to ask you, what is the fear that you're facing? What is the fear you're dealing with? 
the hard things that you, you struggle with here. And so, especially at this time of year. And so the shepherds then, they're fearful, but do you think there's an answer to their fear? Yeah, there, there is. Watch. Luke chapter 2. You look at the screen here. Don't miss this. I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to all people. For unto you today is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they're fearful. Here's the answer. What's the answer? Look to Jesus. The answer is Jesus is coming. The one who can calm your fears is, is coming. The one that can quiet the oceans of tumultuous uh, roaring within your heart, God is here. And so whatever you are dealing with, God can deal with that thing because God is greater, as we just talked about here. So let's continue. I we're told there's a Savior coming. Boy, how are we going to know where the Savior is? How are we going to know? Here's how we're going to know. Watch. And you will recognize him by, what's it say? A what? A sign. What's the sign? The sign's stop. Did you say a stop sign? Yeah, okay. That's good. Thank you for your participation. And so I love your participation, a stop sign. That was good. So you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, I want us to think about that. Okay, what is a unique sign? What's a sign here? How are you going to know that this is the Messiah? How are you going to know this is the promised one? Well, there's a sign. And the sign is, it seems kind of strange there. There was no room in the inn, in the inn you know that story. So Obviously, they, had, they put him in a manger there, a trough, feeding trough there. Did you know that the very shepherds who would have heard this, they did the very same thing with, it, with their sheep? Because that's where the sheep were to be offered to the temple, and they'd seen it happen hundreds, thousands of times, happened millions of times there, where the sheep were then selected, and then they would take strips of cloth, and they would examine them literally on a manger, and they would look to see, is there a spot? Is there a blemish? Is there anything wrong? It can't go to the temple. There has to be a spotless uh, lamb there to go to the temple to be sacrificed. Let's examine it. And so when they see this, that here is a, the, the Christ child, and it's to be uh, covered with strips of cloth and in a manger. That's what they knew. That's what they'd done. That was what their, their life was. And so they recognized this is the sinless and spotless son of the living God. That was the sign. Do you, do you get that? Okay, this is what they had done. This is what they knew as shepherds. Could it be why that's, they went to shepherds? Because that was the very place there where Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. You could see it from the hills there where they, where they would... Uh, be tending the sheep. You could see Bethlehem right off those hills. And so the third group that I want to talk about, not just Mary, not just the shepherd, I want to talk about the wise men. Because there's a message in here for us about the wise men. It says in Matthew chapter 2.11, we read that. On coming to the house, they saw the what? What's it say there? Everybody say together the what? The? Does it say the baby or infant? Or does it say, remember, the wise men, they came to see not the infant, not the but a child, a toddler. It kind of messes with the nativity scene a little bit, you know what I'm saying? They weren't there. So they came later. Because see, where'd they come from? From the east. Far east to the Middle East. That's a long trip. 
And how do, you, how do you travel but on horses and donkeys, right? Camels, that's how you travel. Can't jump on a 747. And so it took not just weeks or months, but it could take a year. It could take a year to get there. So by the time they get there, Jesus is no longer an infant. Jesus, in the Greek, the original language, is a child. And so what I want to say is this. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, they said, we've come to worship him. Now check it out. We've come to worship him because he's worthy of whatever distance that we have to travel, wherever it takes to get to him. But we've got to worship him. So he's worthy, yeah, he's worthy of frankincense and myrrh and gold and all that. But we've come to worship him. So the question as we look to uh, the new year is, is Jesus worthy of being inconvenienced in your life to worship him? In 2023, is he worthy, like the, like the wise men, <coughs> to travel any distance? If it, was a, if it was months or a year, whatever it was, I had to be inconvenienced to that level to worship him. And they said yes to that. And so what did, the wor- what did worshiping get them? Here's what it got them. And have watch to the worshiping wise men. And having been warned by God in a dream, they were warned. What were they warned? Not to return to Herod for they left their own country by another way. So they were warned by God in a dream. God, who's a, who's a speaking God who wants to communicate to us, he spoke to them through a dream. Could have done it direct or other ways, but he spoke to them in a dream. And they're warned by God. Take a different path, because Herod, man, he's a bad guy. And you can't trust that bum. And so, and so Herod wants to kill you, and he wants to kill the baby. You need to go another route. So the worshiping wise man, God spoke to them. And I just want you to see this and think about this as that there's a little insight for us here as it could it be, could it be that God could become to those that worship him, give you guidance, kind of like your own personal internal GPS. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I'll use, I'll use your GPS, right? You know what I'm talking about. And so uh, God could be like that where God can guide you and God could prompt you and God could nudge you and God could stir you and God could lead you by his word in a still small voice. And God wants to have that kind of relationship with you where you know that it's God. And so uh, maybe you sense God beginning to direct you where you want to do something and you feel like, ah, that's not it there. No, and you're feeling like God speaking. You know, maybe you don't have his peace. And no, 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 don't, don't go there. And I know the road looks good, but in five years, you don't know what's going to happen there. And so don't take that opportunity. Or yes, that's an open door that I have for you there. But don't get in that situation. I'm not in that situation. I'm, I, I know she's cute, but I'm not in that relationship. I just threw that in for good measure. But, uh, and so God wants to steer you. God wants to direct your path here. And so, uh, but I wonder if you're not willing to come. If you're not willing to worship, you're not willing to pursue him, how do you expect God to, to really direct your life here? And so the wise men, the worshiping wise men, they found guidance here. And so you can go into the new year. Wouldn't it be awesome, friends? Wouldn't it be awesome if you can go into the new year? And you don't just have to slug it out, do the best you can, and, uh, and lean into your best understanding, and that's going to not always get you in a good place. Or you could go into the new year with God's guidance in your life. And so you could decide this Christmas, I'm going to go with God. I'm going to, I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to get back to God. I'm going to start going to church or I'm going to get serious about it. And so I'm willing to be inconvenienced to worship him. And so uh, uh, 
And so this is what God would have for you. And so these are the stories of Christmas, the story of Mary, the story of the shepherds, the story of the wise men. And there's more stories to tell, but that's all the time we have today to tell it. And so we're going to pray. If you would bow your heads with me, I just want to pray a, a blessing over you. And so, Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you that uh, we can open our hearts to embrace a fresh God's Son, Jesus Christ, the one that welcomed the, the shepherds, the Lamb of God, and swaddling clothes, the, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, born to die that we might live. Our only hope, our only sacrifice for sin, our only salvation, our, our only hope of having the, the one nothing is impossible with God, who, who transcends our reality, God who's greater than our circumstances, who's worthy of our worship, our personal, internal GPS. There is no one like you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so I want to say this, one other thought about Christmas, is that Jesus then is the light of the world. I want to say that he he comes to be your light, friend. Listen to me. He comes to be your light. Don't tune out. This is important. He comes to be your light in your darkness, during your dark days. Like during your confusing days and your days of conflict and grief and loneliness and maybe emotional stuff and depression here. And, and he comes to be that for you. And Jesus wants to give you his light. Jesus wants to help us overcome darkness in our lives. And that's what he wants to do here, and to bring his light into the darkness. And Jesus, in 2023, he wants to illuminate your way. And he didn't come just for your dark days, but he came for all of your days. Maybe today you, make, you need to make room for him. And so what we're going to do is going to pass out some candles. And then in just a moment, we're going to stand to our feet. Am I standing to your feet and holding out that candle? You're saying, God, would you be the light in my life to, to heal me and to help me and to guide me and to comfort me, to transform me, strengthen me, stabilize me? God, I need you. I need your light. I need the light of Almighty God.